Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Hi everyone, Sandman here. Today's video is brought to you by a donation from John, and here's what he has to say. Hello Sandman, I would like you to comment on the mountain men of the 19th century. Were they the MGTOWs of their day? And two people from this time include Grizzly Adams and Jeremiah Johnson. And if you don't have enough material for a full video about them, then please include what you think of the Vulcans on Star Trek, where they focus on their careers and have sex for mating purposes only once every seven years. Thank you, John. Well, thanks for your questions and comments, John. I'll cover all three men, James Grizzly Adams, John Livereading Johnson, and the Vulcans on Star Trek. I find the dichotomy interesting because it's how we imagine men going their own way in the past, as well as how we imagine them in the future. Here we are in the 21st century looking back on the way society saw men going their own way back in the 19th century, as well as how society saw men going their own way back in the 60s on the original Star Trek show, and projecting out male qualities out onto the 23rd and 24th centuries. So in a way, this video is a bit of a time travel piece into the future, as well as the past, of MGTOW. A little bit of Rocky Mountain individualism, and a little bit of humanity's imagined future. First I want to talk about John Livereating Johnson. He gets the livereating part in his name, because apparently he used to kill native Indians, and eat their livers. And according to legend, they killed his wife and kid, and because of that he went around killing Indians in the Plains Indian Wars. And he supposedly ate their livers after killing them. John Johnson was like a combination of Mad Max and Dances with Wolves. He's like the road warrior with the vengeance in his heart. But according to legend, he eventually did forgive those same Indians. And I can see him as an inspiration for the film that Kevin Costner put together called Dances with Wolves. And the only major difference is that Kevin Costner had to include a love interest in the film to keep the female audience engaged and win him an Oscar. And the other man you want me to talk about, John, is James Grizzly Adams. He was a brilliant man that spent all of his life savings on shoes and then planned to sell them to gold miners on their way to the California gold rush. And he was planning on selling those shoes in St. Louis. I've always said that you make more money selling shovels to men prospecting for gold because they all need shovels. But looking for gold yourself, which is often a hit-or-miss proposition, isn't the way to go. But Grizzly Adams ended up losing the shoes in a wharf fire in St. Louis, and his life savings went up in smoke and left him with nothing. So in the end, he decided to head out west and look for gold as well. While out west, he learned how to hunt and trap, and he learned how to catch grizzly bear cubs. And he had the companionship of a grizzly bear called Benjamin Franklin. James Adams eventually befriended natives, which ultimately helped him build a stable and cabin in the Sierra Nevada mountains. And much like the Indians, he learned how to make his own clothing. But his biggest claim to fame is that he captured and befriended this two-week-old grizzly bear that he later named Ben Franklin, and the two were companions wandering the wilderness together. The story of Grizzly Adams is similar to Timothy Treadwell, except in the case of Timothy, he should have been nicknamed Mangina Adams, because he eventually got himself, as well as his girlfriend, killed and eaten by grizzly bears. Grizzly Adams, on the other hand, was well connected to nature. Tim Treadwell was eaten by bears because he was sentimental about nature instead of respecting it like Grizzly Adams. 
Today, going your own way and rugged individualism are more connected to not getting into relationships with the opposite sex. However, in the 19th and early 20th century, going your own way was synonymous with going out into the wilderness and living your life in nature at the edge of survival. Most women will never live up to the ideals of rugged individualism because it requires that you think independently, take risks, and often go against the female hierarchy. And the problem with most people these days when it comes to nature is there's no respecting it. Most people have a very sentimental view of nature. And the moment a man becomes sentimental about nature, he lets it capture his heart. And in that moment, he loses the rational parts of his brain and becomes a victim to his own enthusiasm. It's fine to go your own way, but you need to keep a level head about you. Which brings me to the next part of this video. Now I want to talk about John's suggestion about covering the topic of Vulcans, like Commander Spock from Star Trek. Vulcans and rational thinking were key to Star Trek when it first started. What better person to have with you when you're exploring exciting and new space adventures than a perfectly rational and emotionally controlled Vulcan? In Star Trek you can see the progression of the Vulcan archetype from Spock in the original series and films. And then it goes on to Data in the next generation who's kind of like Pinocchio, or a Vulcan, because he was on a quest to be a real man with real emotions. There is even a scene in the next generation where Data and Spock meet, and Spock tells Data that there are Vulcans that have lived their entire lives trying to be as emotionless as Data. And there you have Data wanting to explore his feelings. Data's quest for emotions comes to a head when he falls in love with the Borg Queen, and then she seduces him. He kills her and loses the human skin that she gave him so that he can no longer feel pleasure. And he proves himself not to be a mangina. But then you have T'Pol, the Vulcan in the new Star Trek show, Enterprise. She has her emotions turned on during the course of the series and falls in love with one of the main characters called Trip. Trip is like a proto-version of Dr. McCoy. And in the original Star Trek, you could always see the tension between McCoy and Spock. Dr. McCoy had more feminine qualities about him because no matter what Captain Kirk would ask him, he always had an excuse. Damn it, Jim, I'm a doctor, not a bricklayer. And in the end of each episode, he would typically try and provoke Spock emotionally. You would always know the episode was almost over when McCoy was shit-testing Mr. Spock. And Captain Kirk would just smile as if he was watching some type of lover's quarrel. And then when Paramount Studios created the Enterprise show, the new Spock-like female character and the McCoy-like male character ended up falling in love with each other. This is the first major perversion of the Vulcan identity that I saw in Star Trek. Now I want to fast forward to the recent J.J. Abrams films and how they turn Spock into a mangina because in the new films he ends up dating and being with Uhura. Even the destruction of the planet Vulcan in the film is a symbolic representation of the destruction of logic and reason that were once the backbone of the Star Trek narrative. And the destruction of his home planet leads Spock to embrace his half-human side more than his Vulcan side. This is most likely done to cater to the whims of female fans watching Star Trek and sell more movie tickets. And in the second film, they're actually starting to set up Captain Kirk with a long-term love interest. And I can just see the titles of the next four films to this series. Star Trek 3, Spock Gets Engaged. Star Trek 4, Spock's San Francisco Wedding. Followed by Star Trek 5, The Final Divorce. And lastly, Star Trek 6, The Undiscovered Alimony. And I also remember a time in the Next Generation series where Captain Picard decides to play it safe and Q turns him into a mangina. He's allowed to relive his life as an ensign, fetching reports for senior staff members, instead of being the leader and taking charge. Part of going your own way is about not turtling behind solid walls, but instead learning how to be a man outside those walls and taking risks. And the mangina version of Captain Picard wears a blue uniform, 
and Captain Picard usually wears a red uniform instead. How's that for ironic? But in the end, he sees his mistakes and decides that he would rather die as a man taking risks and living for himself than playing it safe and sound and being a mangina. Again, what's the point in life if you're not going to take risks? And we all know that because most men are in relationships or marriages, and their ability to take risks is impaired by what Cupcake says. I also want to add that Star Trek is a dangerous cultural phenomenon as well as science fiction franchise because it gets people to think about relationships and society differently. And that's one of the main reasons that the modern establishment wants to pussy-whip Kirk and Spock into a couple of thirsty manginas. There's even a scene in the latest film where Kirk is in bed with two girls and having a threesome with them. Luckily for me, the character I related to the most on Star Trek while growing up was Scotty, because he always seemed to be busy trying to both invent and implement new ideas. And the fact that James Doohan, the actor playing Scotty, was Canadian also makes me a fan. And so is William Shatner as well, but I think that he's just a great big egomaniac. The actors for the crew of the original Star Trek show, much like the Manosphere, are often filled by Canadians. It must be some type of conspiracy, or possibly Canadian privilege at work. And with regards to Scotty, he was never a mangina in the old as well as new universe of Star Trek. I just hope he doesn't end up having some sort of a relationship with that pint-sized alien that he's been seen with in the new Star Trek films. With regards to the rugged individualism we saw in the 19th century, as well as its reimagining in the 1960s through Star Trek, there are very few options today for men to basically explore. One of the few ways that men can explore these days is to go hiking. And the risks of running into cougars, bears, rattlesnakes, and other animals is still there. And if you have more money than you know what to do with, then you can become a space tourist and live on the edge that way. Or if you're extremely wealthy, you can travel to the bottom of the ocean like James Cameron, so long as you can engineer your own diving machine. James Cameron is an engineer and an explorer, as well as a creative image artist, as well as businessman. So he has a combination of skills and money that aren't available for most men. And I'm skeptical about the idea of mining asteroids for their precious metals. But if anyone can pull it off, it's certainly him. And the only thing I'd wish he'd stop doing is constantly getting married. He has probably gone prematurely gray from all the relationships he's had. He should even talk to Matt Taylor about landing on an asteroid. Maybe they can work together and have a press conference where they both wear bowling shirts with hot women on them and rub it in the face of feminists. The most impressive feat of rugged individualism I've heard of in the 20th century was the Kentucky Expedition to sail the Pacific on a raft, as well as the voyage from Africa to South America by the same explorers. Those were some incredibly brave expeditions and were filled with men fighting for their lives to make it across vast stretches of ocean. The ideal man is an explorer, one that expands knowledge of the one that expands his knowledge of the world or the universe. He's also inventive and inquisitive. But most modern men are like caged grizzly bears, doing what women want them to do, from start to finish, playing it safe, turtling behind their shells and protecting themselves from society and their wives. Anyways, that does it for yet another video. Thanks again to John for your donation, and thank you everyone else for taking your daily dose of red pills. So enjoy the rest of your day, and cheers.